Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Okay, it's uh, 15 December, Sunday, time for the Prophecy Update of the Week, and I'm not really set up here, so I'll do that while I'm getting ready. Let's see here, before we uh, get to our first category, uh, John Holler, who came to visit us and who has uh, uh, got his own Prophecy Update up in the cold, cold north when we're down here in the nice, cool south, uh, he and his wife Pam have got the flu and they've asked for prayer, so he won't be doing any update or anything today, he'll be in bed relaxing or doing whatever you do when you got the flu. Yeah, recovering, moaning, whatever it is. Poor John. So we'll have him in prayer. And let's see, our first category, as always, is Israel. And if you paid attention to the news this week, you know that they are going now into their third set of elections in a single year. And, you know, somebody posted this thing. Well, the money that was spent on this could have been used to build five hospitals. You know, that's silly. You have a government, you want to have it run properly, hopefully, and you go through a process, and if the process doesn't work, then you do it again. I mean, that's just the way things are laid out. People want to build five hospitals, and they can get organized together and donate to build a hospital, whatever. I mean, that's just a silly argument. But they are going through a third set of elections, which is something that I said probably would happen right after the uh, election was announced, and here we are. Our uh, first article is from Arts Shiva. 50% increase in building permits in Samaria. Now, remember, Trump has said that uh, he's recognized the Golan Heights, and he said that the land that Israel has got uh, is uh, in the 1967 war. We're not going to dispute that they have a right to build on it, etc. Well, this is what's going on here. Buildings, are, permits are being submitted, and land is being built, and that is only going to complicate things with the whatever peace deal somebody comes up with in the future, which we know is coming. And that's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. So the real estate conference in Eilat held a panel on opportunities in Judea and Samaria, all of this disputed land, which included, among others, Samaria Regional Council Chairman Dagan and Binyamin Regional Council Chairman Gantz. Dagan noted that the number of building permits in Samaria has increased by 50% in the last five years, which I say more power to him. Despite the large number of building permits, house prices in Samaria rose by tens of percent, and some prices have even doubled. Chairman Gantz stated, an entrepreneur is not looking at what is today, but what will happen tomorrow. The trends are clear. Government investment in infrastructure, transition to saturation, program approval rate, Rapid entry of high-tech and commerce, all data show beyond a doubt Judea and Samaria are the future of growth in the state of Israel. That will make everybody outside of the state of Israel unhappy. That's too bad. From Jerusalem Post, Netanyahu, Pompeo, pushed forward with U.S.-Israel Defense Pact. We talked about this a couple months ago, maybe, is that the U.S. is working possibly on having a defense pact with Israel, which means that if they are ever attacked— we are, it's as if we are united with them and vice versa. If we were ever attacked, they would stand with us. It is something that is more than just having, you know, an agreement and having a base in somebody's country. It's actually saying that we are recognizing you as a, an integral partner. And Pompeo is still pushing forward with this. 
Prime Minister Netanyahu and Secretary of State Pompeo made progress on a defense pact between their countries in their meeting in Lisbon. Netanyahu said he is aware of opposition to the pact, including from Blue and White Chairman Benny Gantz. However, Netanyahu said we will do it with full cooperation with IDF and security forces and ensure total freedom of action for the U.S. and the IDF. Relevant officials in Israel and the United States have reviewed a draft of the agreement, which was originally proposed by the Jewish Institute for National Security of America. This is one of our important goals for the coming months, and we decided to speed up the work on it. And obviously so, because they have another election coming up, and they're going to want to try to get this nailed in before that comes or before it's completely settled. The lack of a regular government poses some difficulties in this matter, Netanyahu admitted. We will promote what we can, and all the legal questions make sense. This just shows we need a unity government. We have to see how to overcome the legal obstacles, he said. Well, there you go with that. And I do personally hope that that happens. A lot of people are against it. Even some of the IDF have come out and said it's not necessary. But I think it's a good, uh, it's a good thing at this point. From Globes, Israeli government signs $125 million Czech Iron Dome deal. So the Israel government is sending out their weapons around the world. And uh, one of them is for the Iron Dome to protect the Czech Republic. Israel Aerospace Industries Unit ELTA Systems has announced that a government-to-government contract has been signed by Prague by Israel's Ministry of Defense International Defense Cooperation Directorate and the Czech Ministry of Defense. The agreement, worth an estimated $125 million, is part of the Czech Mobile Air Defense Radar Program and comprises eight ELTA ELM-2084 multi-mission radars with air surveillance, air defense, and artillery capabilities. It's a whole array of systems. As part of the deal, Israel will transfer state-of-the-art technology and know-how. The program also includes a substantial contribution from Czech industries amounting to 30% of the contract value. The cooperation with local companies will apply to all parts of the program, including design, manufacturing, assembly, integration, testing, and lifetime maintenance of the systems. Certain security components will be manufactured locally. That's known as co-production. That's something that, as I've said before, I did when I was over in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. We had co-production units throughout the area. And what that does that allows the Czech Republic to buy a superior weapon system, in this case a defense system, and it's probably more expensive than other systems, but they will get some of that back by producing these parts and other things locally. So it works out very well. America's been doing this for years, and Israel's taking up the, uh, the uh, baton on that as well. From the Times of Israel, Trump tells pro-Israel conference that some U.S. Jews don't love Israel enough. And boy, would I agree with that. Yeah. President Trump told a pro-Israel conference that some American Jews don't love Israel enough. He also noted that he did not have to worry about getting his audience's votes because they would cast ballots based business interests in mind. In those comments to the Israeli American Council Advocacy Group in Florida, drew quick criticism from opponents and were derided as anti-Semitic. So he's talking to Jews about his support for Israel, and somehow they've said that he is anti-Semitic. In his 45-minute speech to an audience of over 4,300, the president criticized American Jews who he said were not sufficiently supportive of the Jewish state. You have people, Jewish people, and they're great people, and they don't love Israel enough, he said. 
The comments were reminiscent of remarks he made in August when he said that Jews who vote for Democrats were disloyal, drawing a vociferous backlash. Nonetheless, the vigorously pro-Israel crowd in Hollywood, Florida, cheered the president with chants of four more years and loud applause. So good job, President Trump. And from Behold Israel, United Nations passes five anti-Israel resolutions as they turn a blind eye to Iranian massacre. And then a couple days later, UN Watch, UNGA to condemn Israel eight times, the rest of the world, zero. So there you go. That's the uh, unbiased United Nations General Assembly. From Christian News Today, I... Before I give our first article, I would like to congratulate Isabella, who started with the Genesis sermons, and she yesterday emailed me, and she said that she has watched every one of them. And so on to Exodus for her, or maybe she'll pick uh, Ruth, which we did after Genesis for a short break. And uh, it's a real achievement, because there's a lot of sermons, and there's a lot of information in there, but she said that. And then I got to let... that took historically? They what? You were at the beach. We were out at the beach. That's right. We used the the first, I don't know how many sermons were out at Turtle Beach before we got a building. And so uh, you get to see all the waves and the trees and the birds squawking and stuff while we're having sermons. But uh, speaking about that, we are just about, we're uh, three sermons away, including today, three sermons away from finishing numbers. And I got a letter from my friend, Sean. He uh, lives not too far from here in Florida. And uh, I'm not going to read the whole letter, but he said one thing. He said, when we started numbers, I was like, what? He put a bunch of question marks. He says, but now getting near the end, I'm sorry. So much in it. Learned so much. It's in my brain somewhere, he says. So there you go. I, I have to tell you, if you haven't been watching these uh, particular Torah sermons, the Pentateuch, the books of Moses, you've missed a lot and you're missing a lot. It has really been an adventure and uh, numbers was to me, as incredible a book as any book that I could have possibly imagined. And before we started, I would not have believed all the information that has come out of it. But wonderful stuff. If you uh, have a chance, please follow in these people's footsteps. From the Russian Times, this made a lot of news services, but I'm going to read it anyway, just in case you have not heard it. The Church of Sweden unveils altarpiece of paradise featuring gay couples and a transgender serpent right on their altar. A church in Malmo has a new altarpiece meant to celebrate inclusivity by replacing Adam and Eve in paradise with Adam and Steve, a gay couples in suggestive poses, while depicting the serpent tempting them as a transgender woman. The openly lesbian artist, who has a history of blending religious imagery with pro-minority activism, said at the time that she wanted to test if the Church of Sweden was as gay-friendly as it claimed to be when it embraced same-sex marriage in 2009. The Skara Cathedral politely declined the gift, saying it was about political activism and not faith. But over seven years have passed, and now Wallen has got her way, even if it isn't in her home city. St. Paul's Church in Malmo accepted the painting called Paradise as its new altarpiece. Mm -hmm. Helena Merstenner, the pastor, there's your problem right there, said that history was written in the hanging of the LGBT altarpiece. Oh. She played the serpent quite well. Yeah, she played the serpent quite well. From CBN, no Christians allowed. Muslim UN officials block Syrian Christian refugees from getting help. A clear pattern of discrimination by the United Nations Refugee Agency in Jordan against Christians. And it appears to be one reason that while tens of thousands of Syrian Muslim war refugees have been settled in the United States and Britain, only a small number have been Christian. 
And the two governments that could stop this persecution of Christian refugees, the United States and Britain, have done little to nothing about it until our president is working on these things. But Lord George Carey is suing Britain's home office, alleging that politically correct officials have been institutionally biased against Christian refugees. I'm glad he's doing this. He also wants to find out why out of 60,000 Syrian war refugees accepted into the United States and Britain in 2014, there's your answer right there for us, almost none were Christians. Lord Kerry's attorney, Paul Diamond, explains the case. You have this absurd situation where the scheme is set up to help Syrian refugees and the people most in need, Christians who have been genocided. They can't even get into the UN camps to get the food. If you enter and say, I'm a Christian or a convert, the Muslim UN guards will block you, laugh at you, mock you, and even threaten you, all under the authority of the United Nations. From Christian headlines, China's Communist Party censors phone owners. You have a phone now, they're checking you out of sensitive words like Almighty God. If you say anything about God anymore, you can, you can be censored on this. China's Communist Party is cracking down on phone users by blocking words sensitive to the state. As I said, one of them is Almighty God, and they're deactivating their numbers. If one says anything deemed unfavorable, he or she will be punished. Mr. Li, a former employee of state-owned China mobile online services company, said, Li, who recently resigned from the company, asked to remain anonymous for fear of retaliation. I would assume that the name Li then is not his real name, because if it is, then they gave up his name, but whatever. While working, he and 500 other employees monitored all messages and phone calls for sensitive information. An employee who discovered critical remarks towards the CCP or any other leaders would review it and send it to authorities. If anyone were not careful enough and missed a piece of sensitive information, this would result in the deduction of a monthly salary and a year-end bonus. I usually had to handle more than 10,000 pieces of information every month. It was unavoidable to make mistakes at least one or two a year, so there you lose your bonus and a month of pay. Users who were caught with critical remarks could have their services disabled. If users wanted to reactivate their service, Lee said they have to go to a China mobile service center with their ID card and a written statement promising never to share any sensitive information again. If the comments are deemed more damaging, authorities can enforce harsher penalties. Well, that's the uh, world that we're heading towards, and China's just happened to be at the lead of it, but it's going to be everywhere. It's going to be everywhere. A missionary, I talked about him a week or so ago over in China, and uh, he sent me another note this week speaking of, this is, he's a missionary, so I put it under the Christian category, but this is really speaking of end times events here, and it's all centering on the digital universe, and one of them is in China. He said, this week, four of us used a cab in China, and when I went to pay the driver, he refused an exact cash payment. He wanted to be paid using the WeChat, Alipay, or some other electronic payment app. Restaurants, even street vendors, have a card that can be scanned to accept payments. But this is the first time I've been refused using cash. This guy wouldn't even take exact payment for cash. He wanted digital money. So they are being groomed for this. They're doing this around the world, but China is right at the forefront of it. Students tell me they don't carry cash anymore. Two weeks ago, I went to a large local FedEx type of company, and they had to go to another business to get change for my bill, $15. The large stores in, a, you know, currency there, $15 worth of Chinese currency. The large stores now have more self-checkout lines than traditional checkout lines. 
So this is coming. China's right at the forefront of it. And as the world sees how convenient this is and how much China is, uh, you know, the government is saving all this money because people aren't scamming behind the tables and everything. All the other governments in the world are going to say, look at how much they're making. We're going to do the same thing. From Fox News, just the title. Sean Hannity says faith is stronger than ever after leaving the Catholic Church over institutionalized corruption. I was driving home about a year ago and I heard him talking and he was talking about exactly this. He says, I just, I uh, want to leave the Catholic Church. And I, he said, I've gone to some evangelical churches, but they keep beating tithing over my head and I get sick of it. And he says, I don't know what to do. And I sent him an email, never heard back from him, but you know, I wish somebody could get a hold of him and say, you know, attend a superior word online. We don't ask for anything. There's no such thing as tithing here because we are a New Testament church and tithing is an Old Testament precept. Okay, it is out. So what's that? Which they abuse. Which they abuse also. If you want to do tithing according to the Old Testament, it's not 10% every year. The Old Testament standard is 10% every third year. It's actually 10% every year, but the first two years you blow it on yourself. So there you go. That's tithing in a nutshell. From Islam today, San Francisco Gate. Muhammad makes the list of top 10 baby names in the United States for the first time. We have now the top 10 in the top 10, Muhammad. Almost all of last year's top 10 are still favorites this year, with a few exceptions, revealing a rise in Arabic names. Muhammad and Aaliyah made the top 10 for the first time, replacing Mason and Layla. So there you go. Islam is taking over from Zero Hedge, and we're allowing it. Germany, all EU members must take in migrants. German intelligence minister Horst Seehofer has unveiled a new plan to reform the European asylum system. A draft of the proposed leak to the media shows that all member states of the EU would be required to take in illegal migrants. They're not even legal migrants, they're just illegal, but you got to take them in. Countries in Central and Eastern Europe are opposed to mandatory relocations on the basis that decisions about the granting of resident permits should be kept at the national level. They have noted that by unilaterally imposing migrant quotas on EU member states, unelected bureaucrats in Brussels are seeking to force the democratically elected leaders of Europe to submit to their diktat. Indeed, the continuing debate over migration is, at its core, about European federalism and the degree to which the European Union will be allowed to usurp decision-making powers from its 28 member states. The leaders of France and Italy, during a recent bilateral meeting in Rome, called on the EU to introduce a new automatic system of taking in migrants. French President Macron said that he was convinced that an automatic European mechanism is needed for the reception of immigrants and that EU countries that refuse to take part in the scheme should be seriously penalized. Seehofer's plan is intended to be permanent and not limited to crisis situations. Notably, the plan does not address the issue of returning illegal immigrants back to their countries of origin. You just keep them forever. And the plan studiously avoids using the politically explosive term quota and replaces it with fair share. Sounds like the liberals in America. The document also omits the term mandatory, although that it is assumed that throughout the migrant relocation scheme will be compulsory for all EU member states. So it is mandatory. Zero hedge. Stockholm, elderly residents kicked out of apartments to make way for migrants. Yeah. yeah. Dozens of elderly residents were forced to leave their apartments in an area of Stockholm after the block was closed. 
only to be reopened for migrants to replace them. So they lied to the people, said, we're closing this block and you have to move out. And then they just reopened it for a bunch of migrants. Residents were told they would have to leave because the toilets in the facility were five centimeters too small to comply with regulations. However, soon after the 48 apartments were emptied, they were filled with newly arrived migrants. It was later revealed that politicians planned the immigrants would instead move into the premises. So people that have paid their taxes their whole life, they've been living there, they're old, they, you know, they're probably on disability or who knows what, and they have to move just to bring in these people. Al Arabiya. Palestinians outraged over ICC report into war crimes. Palestinian officials expressed great concern over a report by the ICC's chief prosecutor that includes a warning the Palestinian stipends to attackers and their families could constitute a war crime. Finally, somebody is seeing the light at this. The Palestinians have long paid stipends to the families of people killed or imprisoned as a result of fighting with Israel. The Palestinians say these payments are a national duty to families affected by decades of violence. Well, they're the ones that have committed the violence. But Israel argues the fund encourages violence by paying the families of attackers, which is exactly what it does. Times of Israel. Defiant Iran declares it will not halt ballistic missile development. Haaretz, Iran secretly building missile arsenal in Iraq that can hit Israel, Saudi Arabia, and U.S. troops. Times of Israel. Iran boasts it will soon unveil new nuclear centrifuges and a power plant. Haaretz, in Libya's war, Russia will work with whoever helps it reach the oil. Sounds like Gog Magog. We've got all these countries that are vying for the control of the Mideast, and it's all about oil. Mark my words, I'm not trying to prophesy. I just can see what would be the hook to draw them down to Israel is oil is going to be found in a big, abundant way. Not just the gas fields, which they have, but they're going to have more. And the nations of the world want to control all of it. This hub of the Middle East, where everything goes around. And so Russia will work with whoever helps it reach the oil. And from Jerusalem Post, U.S. Senate passes a resolution recognizing Armenian genocide. That was stalled for a while. The House did that some time ago, and they have tried to uh, brush that over on the Republican side, nonetheless, because they don't want to get Turkey in an uproar. But the Senate did the right thing, and they acknowledged this genocide. From Mongolia... Mansame. Parliament adopts state monetary policy for 2020. Regarding the resolution, MP Batumur said that the banking system has changed in the recent two years with 6 to 8 percent growth of economy and decrease in unemployment. That's good news for Mongolia. And highlighted that the central bank's deficit, which was previously amounted at Mongolian Tugruk 3 trillion dropped to Mongolian Truguk 1.5 trillion. Foreign exchange reserves have currently reached U.S. dollars 4 billion, but it still requires to be increased by U.S. dollars 1 billion, according to the calculation of international methodology. The exchange rate of Mongolian Truguk against the U.S. dollar is not stable due to recent gray list matters. Thus, the money supply should be analyzed. Besides, attentions should be paid on the external debt issue. Bad loans have currently reached Mongolian Turguk 1.9 trillion. Thus, the 2020 state monetary policy faces many challenges. There you go. That's the uh, budget for 2020 in Mongolia. If you desperately wanted to know, now you know. From Daniel 12 Technology Today from Futurism. After bone marrow transplant, 
I don't know where else to put this, so I put in technology, but this is rather amazing. After a bone marrow transplant, man's semen contains only the donor's DNA. Imagine that. Yes. Chris Long is an IT worker in the Washoe County Sheriff's Department in Reno, Nevada. But all the DNA in his semen belongs to a German man he's never met. That's because Long received a bone marrow transplant from the European stranger four years ago. And the unexpected impact it has had on his biology could affect the future of forensic science. Following the procedure, the healthy blood-forming cells from the donor replaced Long's unhealthy cells, allowing his body to resume normal blood production. It makes sense, then, for Long's blood to contain the DNA of his donor, but Long's colleague, who ran the office's forensics lab, posited that the bone marrow transplant might affect the DNA elsewhere in his body. So she encouraged him to have samples of his DNA collected before the procedure so the team could compare them to after samples. Long agreed, and since his procedure, the team at the sheriff's office has collected numerous additional samples of his DNA from various parts of his body. Sometimes they find both Long's DNA and his donor's DNA in the samples. You could expect that, such as when they test swabs from his lip, cheek, and tongue. Samples of his chest and head hair, meanwhile, show only Long's DNA, probably because it reproduces faster. I don't know. Perhaps most surprisingly, four years after the procedure, samples of long semen show only his donor's DNA. The mechanism behind the shift is mysterious. Three bone marrow transplant experts all agreed that it would be impossible for the procedure to result in a recipient producing sperm containing the donor's DNA. Long's situation raises all sorts of new questions about the use of DNA as evidence in court cases. That's why I say, you know, we're talking about the mark of the beast and what is it? Well, it is it going to be DNA? Because if it is, they're not going to be able to control it very well. That's why I included this. It's just a very interesting thing. It goes on and it says, forensic scientists have already had to grapple with the issue of DNA from innocent people, occasionally showing up at crime scenes due to bone marrow transplants. But at least in those cases, they have the right DNA to trace to also. If someone in Long's situation committed a sex crime and investigators collected semen samples, though, could their bone marrow donor be charged with the crime given the lack of any other DNA at the scene? That is, that is, that's spooky there, I'll tell you. The life uh, is in the blood. The life is in the blood. Well, one, and that's true. There's one thing that they did say during this article, which I didn't include, but he did have a hysterectomy, and that may have affected something, but they said that even... Uh, I'm sorry, not a hysterectomy, a vasectomy. Thank you. Listen, I got that look on your face, and I was like, what are you... Not a hysterectomy, he had a vasectomy. Yes. Yeah, no, he's not a transgender. No, he's not one of those. But anyway, yeah, they did mention that. That may have something to do with it, but that's probably not the whole thing there. Anyway, um, yeah, that was funny. That was a good one there. From Revelation, and I, if you had not given me that face, that would have been on the thing, and I never would have caught it. Okay, from Revelation Plagues today, from the uh, Christian Times, Samoa bans kids from church as measles outbreak kills 63. We talked about it last week, they're up to 63, and then the next day, Mail Online, measles death toll hits 70 in Samoa as 112 new cases are diagnosed in a single day, despite massive immunization drive that saw the entire Pacific nation shut down. 61 out of the 70 people who have died have been children younger than four years old. 
Mail Online, world's first monkey-pig hybrids are born in Chinese lab as part of groundbreaking bid to grow human organs inside of animals for transplants. Chimera piglets contain DNA from both pigs and synomogalous monkeys. They died within a week of being born at a laboratory in Beijing, China. Scientists claim the research aimed to find a way of growing human organs. I would suggest that that could definitely lead to some type of revelation plague. That right there sounds like really bad news. From USA Today, deeply sorry, PG&E, that's the uh, people that handle the electricity in California, like our FPL. Think about what I'm saying, okay? Deeply sorry, PG&E takes blame for California's deadliest wildfire, seeks technologies to limit future risks. Anybody? They, themselves. No, no, no. That's not what I'm thinking. I'm thinking if they took the blame, then we can't blame climate change, can we? Oh, they have God. taken the blame. Okay. So pass that around. They have accepted responsibility for it, which means that it cannot be some other premise. Yeah. Mail online. First person in South Carolina dies of vaping illness, bringing the national death toll to 49. We were at eight just a couple weeks ago. Morality today. This is going to be like last week. A lot of bad news. Just one title after another. But I got to clear out the last two months of things I didn't include. From Christian headlines, Watchdog finds major increase in TV profanity and violence. Says Congress should act. Well, if you watch any TV at all, I'm sure you know that. Life site surprise coming out. Middle school assembly angers parents. No advance parental notice was given for this event held in conjunction with the Homosexual Transgender National Coming Out Day. They just held it, never told the parents they were going to do it. They're pushing it in their faces. I had breakfast with a good friend of mine uh, three days ago, two days ago, Friday, two days ago. Okay, And I said, how is your daughter? How's your wife? How's your son? And he looked at me and says, he, he's okay. And I said, what do you mean? That doesn't sound very good. He said, he came out gay. And this is a person that was raised in a very good home, very conservative, very, you know, traditional in their religious beliefs. And he says, I can't compete with what they're doing in the school. My son is there eight hours a day, and they've got him convinced that he's gay. Newsbusters, start your day with Maximum Gay. Kellogg's launches LGBT cereal. Mail Online, transgender lobby forces sanitary towel maker always to ditch Venus logo from its products. I know that came out a month or so ago, but these are things that I skipped over. Breitbart, transgender cyclist Rachel McKinnon keeps smashing women's records. He's a guy, he just has long hair, and he says, I'm a girl now, and he keeps winning the records. What do you think? <laughs> Summit News. Police force highlights problem of racist toddlers. They've got people stabbing each other to death over there by the thousands, and they're blaming racist toddlers on the problems of their country. A UK police force created a video which portrayed a white toddler being racist towards another toddler in kindergarten as part of Hate Crimes Awareness Week, when they should be out there busting people that are stabbing other people to death. Zero Hedge, professor says grading, good grammar are examples of white supremacy. The Daily Caller, biologically male NCAA runner named Conference Female Athlete of the Week. Yes. Zero Hedge, Oxford University bans <laughs> clapping at student union events to stop triggering anxiety. That's the third or fourth big university over there that's done that in the past year. They don't want to trigger anybody. Forbes, new research reveals facial recognition software misclassifies transgender and non-binary people. Whoa, you think? 
I'm a girl today and it still calls me a guy. I don't like that, that thing. Gee, it's just crazy. From the Christian Post, GQ pushes new masculinity, turning men into women. From BBC, gay conversion therapy ban drafted in law in Germany. No more gay conversion therapy over there or anywhere else, it seems. But you're trying to help people. That's all you're doing. You're not forcing them. You're just saying, we offer this service, and they say, you can't do that. Okay, Breitbart, UK National Health Service to deny treatment for racist or sexist language, gestures, and behavior. Now, remember, they have socialist medicine over there. If somebody says, this guy intimidated me, he's a racist, they can take away your medical care now simply because you've been reported for it. That's a scary place to be when you're in a nation where you don't have any choices. From the Independent, primary schools should not consult parents before teaching LGBT plus relationships, watchdog chief says. From Zero Hedge, Swedish government grants $175,000 to fund drag queen shows for children. Now that's the same government that just took away those people's housing and gave it to migrants. Yeah. From Christian Post, LGBT group pushes for 20% of all television characters to be LGBT by 2025. Yeah. Well, they're pushing to make sure that every one of them is. And guess what? They're still only about 2% of the population. So, yeah, if that. From the Daily Wire, this is in an elementary school. School passes out flyer to seven-year-olds discussing implants, pills, condoms, and more. Yes, elementary school. Uh, Alon, Georgia, Mercedes and Mattel say they're partnering to combat gender stereotypes. Well, I'm selling my Mercedes. I'm getting rid of all my Mattel toys now. Oh, just, what's going on here? A car company has to do that. From CNS News, Sprite launches pro-LGBT ad campaign in Argentina. Yes, I just got a big shock face back there from the roll call. New census data about 1 million same-sex households in the United States. 1 million same-sex households in the United States. From the Hill, Pennsylvania governor vetoes bill outlawing abortions over Down's syndrome. They submitted the bill and he vetoed it. We want to kill Down's babies. Yes. Our other category. Our title today uh, for the uh, prophecy update is uh, everything is impeachy. Okay, and uh, I just, uh, I don't really have any articles on it, but I just think that it's a complete charade what's going on in our country. So I thought I'd highlight the uh, prophecy update with that title. But, uh, you know, it, it's absolutely astonishing that we can be in a country where people can openly lie, openly lie in the halls of government, make things up that have no basis in reality at all. And then the press continues that and pushes it as truth to 49 or 50 percent of the population who sit there and rabidly watch those things and believe it. It is unbelievable how things are going in this country. But here we go from Zero Hedge. Bill Gates wants to export India's national ID system around the world. Okay. Now, I said this just a year or two ago. They are doing test cases. One of them is in Sweden. Remember that? They're chipping people and they're getting rid of as much of the currency as possible. I said, that's a first world country that they are testing this in. And I said, the other one to watch is India, because India is a third world country, and they are testing it there as well. And how are they doing it? People that can't afford a cell phone, they gave them a cell phone. Everybody got a cell phone. Everybody. You have to have the cell phone because we have this new system, and it's the only way you're going to be able to exist. I said, watch this. And now Bill Gates is on top of this, and he's been pushing it. 
Perhaps the most sensational angle to this story is that the same international tech company that provides the infrastructure to Ahadhar also makes driver's licenses in the United States. Edemia is a billion-dollar multinational corporation. It is responsible for building a significant portion of the world's biometric surveillance and security systems, operating in about 70 countries. Some American clients of the company included the DOD, DHHS, and the FBI. Sound like friends of you. The company website says that they have building and managing databases of entire populations for many years. In the United States, Edemia is involved in the making of state-issued driver's licenses in 42 states. Edemia is now pushing digital license trials in the United States. Delaware and Iowa are among five states involved in the trials this year. With the mobile licenses, law enforcement will be able to wirelessly ping a driver's smartphone for their license. The Indian government recently announced a facial recognition program to monitor all social media platforms called the Advanced Application for Social Media Analytics. Big tech companies are using China, India, South Korea, and other countries as testing grounds for smart cities. Surveillance systems and command and control tech that are being stealthily rolled out in the West. And so these things are happening. But, you know, the two main countries were Sweden and India. And then these other countries, they've got, well, this is a citywide thing we're checking. And we're doing, they're breaking it up around the world so that nobody sees what's going on until all of a sudden they have all of the infrastructure in place to do it everywhere around the world. From American military news, this is rather surprising if you're a liberal. Americans own 423 million guns. 8.1 billion rounds of ammunition, the latest data shows. Well, I know that's incorrect. There may be 423 million guns, but I have in a storage facility downtown over 8.1 billion rounds of ammo. So <laughs> maybe not that many, but I'm close, okay? I'm saving them. I have a brother that is not saved, and I have saved everything in my life that I can for him. He's got a place where he can go and he's the only one that knows where it is. And it's got all kinds of things for him. It's got food and this, and he doesn't even know this. It's just, he, I said, if something ever happens to me, you have access to this place. And, uh, you know, it's got a letter there explaining what happened and, you know, what little I can save, what little I can find that I think will be useful. It's all there, plus 8.1 billion rounds of ammunition. <laughs> okay, once again, not true, but um, close. yeah, close. Rates of firearm, that's not the surprising part for liberals. Here we go. Rates of firearm ownership and gun sales are on the rise despite calls for gun control. That's the surprising part for the liberals, according to a report by ITA. The report also noted that in a 25-year period between 1993 and 2017, the violent crime rate has dropped by 48.6% while firearms-related accidents have decreased by 68%. The number of guns has gone up geometrically, and the crime rate has halved, and the uh, firearms-related accidents have more than halved. There you go. The report showed more than half of all rifles purchased in 2017 were modern sporting rifles, in indicating a strong interest in those type of firearms, despite increasing legal obstacles. In fact, some gun shop owners say sales have gone up, not in spite of, but because of many proposals for more restrictive gun control policy. 
Gun shop representatives said that they are seeing more purchases of semi-automatic weapons such as handguns and AR-15s in spite of the public criticism against those guns by 2020 Democrat presidential candidates. And they are thanking those political opponents for the boost in sales. Statistics show that in 2017, 467 people were killed by a blunt object. I reported on this before, while only 403 people were killed by any type of rifle. And yet the left just blames everything on guns and we got to take away their rights because they want to control you. They want to control you. And the only way they're going to do that is by taking away your rights from Mail Online. And you know what? Virginia is going to be a big testing case in the weeks ahead with what the governor and the politicians have said, Mm -hmm. sending in the National Guards to sanctuary cities that will not go by their illegal gun control laws. Sanctuary cities are going to send the guard in against their own people. We'll see. This is going to be a test case, and it's coming soon if they don't back down. Mail Online, New York man, 35, who is charged for offering Twitter users, listen to this, $500 to kill ICE agents is acquitted by federal jury because his tweet is protected speech under the First Amendment. Yeah. Brandon Zibrowski, 35, was acquitted by a journey in Boston, Massachusetts, which that doesn't surprise me at all, after he offered to pay people to kill ICE agents on Twitter. I guarantee you, if I did a tweet with all 12 of the jurors' names and the judge, and I said, I will pay $500 to have all of these people killed, I would be in jail for the rest of my life. The rest of my life. But now it is protected speech. Unless it gets overturned at a higher court, You can now threaten anybody's life that you want on social media, and they cannot do anything because you've got jurisprudence that has set the uh, bar for it. So we'll hope that this does get challenged, but I don't know what's going to happen. Two sets of laws. Two sets of laws, yeah. Zabrowski said he would pay $500 to anyone who kills an ICE agent in July 2018. His lawyer argued that his comments were constitutionally protected speech under the First Amendment. Zabrowski also shared tweets alluding to killing late Senator John McCain and injuring law enforcement. And he's gotten away with it. Bismarck Tribune, Burley County OK's refugee resettlement after passionate testimony. They were the test case to be the first county in the United States of America to say, we do not want refugees forced on us. That's all it was. It wasn't saying we won't take refugees. It was saying that you cannot mandate us to take refugees. But they folded. It was, I think, a two to three vote. Okay, they decide we're not going to do this. But they should have done it just simply to say you can't force them on us. If we want to voluntarily take refugees, that is our decision. But these people have been forced on little places all over the country to get them to go liberal. Okay, and that's what's been happening. Okay, the motion caps refugees at 25 in 2020, and Lutheran School Services of North Dakota is required to file an annual report stating where refugees came from and the associated costs. So they are holding these people to account. But it is the Lutherans, the Catholics, these big denominations that make hundreds of thousands of dollars bringing these people over that are behind this. They're all liberal churches. They all have an agenda and they all need money because they're failing in their theology and nobody wants to attend them anymore. And so they are doing this. They should have stuck to their guns and said, we will not allow this. But they didn't. Fox News, Trump, America hit major milestone for the first time in 70 years. This is something that we already had in one aspect, which I reported on a couple months ago, and now we have a uh, fuller aspect of the same issue. According to new government statistics, September marked the first month U.S. exports of crude oil and petroleum products surpassed imports since the government began recording the data in 1949. 
In short, the United States is energy independent for the first time in 70 years, overturning decades of geopolitical status quo dependent on the oil market. Thank you, President Trump. From Zero Hedge, CNN ratings dropped to three-year low amid constant impeachment coverage. From Mail Online, Supreme Court rejects government's request to resume federal executions. Bad move on the Supreme Court's part, sparing the life of a white supremacist who murdered a family of three. We're going to talk about that in our sermon today. It's called A Place of Refuge. Why do you need a place of refuge? There's uh, something called Ratzach in the Hebrew Bible. It means murder. But the same word, murder, is also translated in English as manslayer. Sometimes you kill somebody and you didn't mean to do it. Okay, there's, they both are defined by the law of Moses, and they're both defined by the Sixth Commandment. But what we passed here at the Supreme Court was a very bad decision, and it's right in the Bible. We'll talk about it today. Pay attention. Okay, I know you want to sleep, so you go ahead and sleep and have Jim tell you when you get home about uh, what we talked about. Okay, um, let's see here. Mail Online. A Utah home was accidentally valued at more than one billion dollars when a phone fell on a keyboard and taxes will now have to rise to cover the mistake. They believe that a phone fell on a keyboard and it added a couple of zeros or something to a piece of property. I wonder if that's true. I really do. I'll tell you why in a second. The error was made in May, which recorded a house as having a value of more than $987 million when it should have been $302,000. The mistake has resulted in a countywide overvaluation of more than $6 million. The blunder has since produced revenue shortfalls in five taxing entities with budgets already approved. Taxpayers may now have to pay for the shortfall with tax increases over the next three years. It sounds like somebody wanted that revenue and they went in there and they hit a digit on a keyboard. They increased it and then they blamed it on, you know, an error because governments want money. That's why governments exist, is to keep bringing in money and more money and to feed themselves. That's what that sounds like to me. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but how can you blame that on a keyboard, that, or a phone that fell on a keyboard when you don't know if it happened? Oh, it's probably what happened. It sounds like somebody planned this. Anyway, from Al Arabiya, Britain will leave the EU on January 31st. No ifs, no buts, UK's Johnson says. We'll see if it happens, but I'm all behind that. I've got a uh, Maserati question for you. We do this during the sermons every week. I ask a question, and if somebody gets it, I give them a Maserati. Does anybody in here, this is the Maserati, by the way, um, does anybody in here know which country is set to become the newest nation in the world? It's set to become it after a vote that was made this past week. You get a Maserati. What? No. It is uh, Bougainville, where a lot of our soldiers fought and died. Bougainville looks to become the world's newest nation after voters backed independence from Papua New Guinea. There you go. I may start asking a Maserati question on the update every week. That way you get two chances to own your own Maserati. What's that? Bougainville. It was, uh, it's an island, which is, you know, we got our Bougainvillas all around here. There you go. Okay. Okay, I got a lesser for you here. Let's see if you can figure out what we're talking about. This one was done, I think, by Kathy. No, this one was done by Les. I think Kathy, well, one of them. I think it was Les. Anyway, seems the president's getting more booze from some people he likes, namely Jews. Thinks their feelings are rash because they vote with their cash. At least that's what we hear on the news. So now, remember, he's a Jew, so he can say that. 
All right, there you go. They what? Anyone can say it. It's just will you be called uh, any Semite or something? But yes, he can without any fear of that. But you know what? If he supports Israel, he's an anti Semite too, even if he's Jewish. All right, our irony of the week this week, two of them. It takes one to know one. Mail online. Federal prosecutor 35 is arrested during drunk driving traffic stop in Manhattan when trying to stop her boyfriend taking a sobriety test. She's the prosecutor. She said, don't do it. And they arrested her. Good job. Takes one to know one. And then from KCCI, authorities, man drives a stolen vehicle to bail brother out of jail who drove a stolen vehicle. Yes. Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the superior word, and that is your prophecy update for the week.